You are listening to episode 6 of the EU Startups Podcast, today with Daniel Gabler, the CTO of the Dutch Unicorn Picnic, which is operating Europe's fastest growing online supermarket. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the EU Startups Podcast. Two weeks ago we launched the EU Startups Club and I'd like to use this opportunity to say a big thank you to everyone who already joined us. Your club membership will help EU Startups not only to survive the current crisis, which forced us to postpone this year's EU Startup Summit, but it will help us to further improve our editorial output in the coming weeks and months. Aside of unrestricted access to our content and startup database, your club membership also gives you access to additional members-only content, our quarterly club calls and the startup scale-up and corporate NBC package also lets you post an unlimited amount of job postings on our EU Startups job board. So if you haven't signed up yet, we'd be excited to welcome you to the club soon. And before we jump into the interview with today's guest, I'd like to say a big thank you also to our podcast sponsor. The EU Startups Podcast is powered by ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley. Combining cutting-edge technology with outstanding client service, ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley provides solutions designed for the unique needs of startups. ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley simplifies the complexities of equity plan management, helps you engage with your employees and provides your business with the tools it needs to comply with local and regulatory requirements. As an integrated platform, everything from HRIS integration to audit-ready financial reporting works together seamlessly for improved accuracy, collaboration and decision-making. For more information, visit shareworks.com or check out the link in our show notes to schedule a free demo. And now, without further ado, let's jump right into the phone interview with today's guest. Today's interview guest of the EU Startups podcast is Daniel Gabler. Daniel is the CTO and a co-founder of Picnic. Founded in 2015 and based in Amsterdam, Picnic is the world's fastest growing online supermarket. Allowing customers to order food through a simple app, Picnic aims to make grocery shopping fun, affordable and fast for everyone. The groceries are then delivered by Picnic's fleet of electric vehicles. Having raised a total of more than 300 million euros in funding, Picnic is growing rapidly and recently also expanded into the German market. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time and for joining me at the EU Startups Podcast. Thank you for having me. So let's start at the very beginning, Daniel. Um, for everyone who's not familiar yet with Picnic, how does the business model work and do you also store the groceries or are you just delivering? So Picnic is an online supermarket that delivers all the food you love, all the day groceries at the lowest price and no delivery fee proposition. So that means for us that we have actually the supply chain fully under our control. We have warehouses, we have delivery vehicles, suppliers deliver to our warehouse and then we deliver from the warehouse to the cities in a new logistical delivery model, which we call the main route. Mm-hmm. And that actually is the result of an observation from a customer research that we did, where we try to understand why 
until 2015, nobody at a significant scale was ordering groceries online while everybody felt comfortable to buy non-food items online. So uh, if you look to electronics, to books, to fashion, everything has been already pretty big. Uh, if you look to the online share, while mm -hmm. food has been still pretty small. And we identified two key reasons that hold back customers uh, to order online. The first reason is that nobody wants to wait for the groceries. So therefore, we are looking for a delivery model that can uh, deliver faster, that can deliver more accurate. The second observation is nobody wants to pay for the deliveries. So therefore, we looked for a logistical model that allows us to not ask the customer for delivery fees. And then we actually came to the insight that delivering uh, with a new model based on a milkman route instead of a taxi route would be much more efficient. So what does it mean? If you look to the way how delivery models work these days, then normally customers ordering at 10 o'clock in the eastern part of the city, then 10.20 in west, 10.30 in the north, and 10.40 in the south. What it means for you as a delivery company, you're going crisscross through the city like a taxi, you have long intra-drop distances, and it becomes very expensive to deliver to customers, and therefore you have to ask your customers for delivery fees. What we thought is, if we have shorter uh, intra-drop distances by and making sure that we have a bus route system, so that means we see every customer and every street only once per day, then for such a delivery system, we can uh, are so much more efficient that we don't have to ask our customers for delivery fees. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow. So um, this is, sounds much more complex than uh, a simple delivery uh, app or a simple delivery company. And Picnic is a tech company, right? So what, what is the most challenging and exciting aspect from a CTO perspective uh, regarding Picnic? So there are lots of uh, exciting challenges that we are actually tackling every day and that makes us, okay, make us pretty excited and keep us uh, awake at night. Mm -hmm. But the three topics that we find most exciting are the first thing is that the breadth of the tech stack. So we are covering not only a shopping app, so that means the way how customers order, but we have payment solutions, we have forecasting solutions, we have logistical planning, we have warehousing fulfillment, people planning, accounting, etc. So a very, very broad tech stack mm -hmm. uh, that we have built ourselves, that we operate ourselves, and that we incrementally improve. So the second one is also the depth of the tech stack. So it's not only uh, a very broad one, but it's also very deep on every functional vertical. And the reason why we are doing this is everything what we have built ourselves, what we operate ourselves, we want to build and, and operate a best-in-class solution. It should be basically the best solution on earth for a special vertical. An example could be the solution that we have built for our fulfillment and warehousing uh, proposition is basically for the way how we operate our logistical model, the best available solution in the market. And the third one is, And that keeps me uh, pretty much excited. And that is a very ongoing topic is the transition from uh, our a software development company, a software tech company to become a true data and machine learning and machine learning driven company. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean for us? So this means while we are now have started to model all our software, let's say the hard code fixed rules and software Java based rules. So there's a, a large Java stack. We have now also step-by-step step built up a broader machine learning stack. And therefore, every kind of solution that we build is a half software solution, a half machine learning solution. And that means on a day-by-day -day basis, with getting new data in, we are training the models a bit further. The models are becoming better. And operation tomorrow, recommendation tomorrow, uh, forecasting and prediction tomorrow will be better than today based on today's operational data. 
So therefore, we don't need to make additional software development in order to get better. We just need to operate for more customers in a broader geographical range. Mm-hmm. And from a customer's perspective, uh, what differentiates Picnic from uh, delivery services of traditional grocery stores? What are the, the benefits that um, are the key differentiators? So from a consumer angle, um, we have a next-day delivery model. So that means you order today until 10 o'clock your groceries, and then we deliver to you tomorrow. The proposition that we have is we deliver at lowest price. So we are matching every day our prices with the competitors, and we take the lowest price, and you don't have to pay for the delivery. Such a proposition is not doesn't exist currently in the market. So we have uh, a pretty unique proposition, and that really differentiates us significantly from uh, the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. Additionally, if you look to the retail space, then uh, what really differentiates us here is, is that we have built our tech stack completely in-house. So from day one, we knew that we are a tech company, that we need to build a tech company in this space, and that we need to build all solutions ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if you look to our day-to-day operation, then uh, more than 80% of what we are doing with technology is basically built on technology that we have built ourselves. So we are using a couple of standard solutions. Obviously, there is Slack, there is Google, Google services, and there is also some Salesforce. But to a very large extent, we have built uh, all the software solutions ourselves that we operate now on a day-by-day basis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coming back again shortly to the customers, um, who would you say is the target audience of Picnic? Is it more like the early adopters or the elderly who can't go to the supermarket anymore? Who, who, who is the main group you're currently targeting? So the proposition that we have in Picnic appeals to uh, students, uh, to families, and to elderly. So there is a very broad uh, range of customers that we have. Mm-hmm. What we see is that it is uh, the most excited customers uh, that we have are families. Uh, and the reason for this is that the, the service that we provide uh, is very appealing because we uh, help them uh, we are not providing only a convenient service, but we give back time. We allow them to save money. And to some extent, we also provide joy with the uh, the way how we deliver, the way how you shop with Picnic. So in this sense, probably the biggest share is with families. But we see certainly also that we have a large amount of students, especially in the cities uh, that are uh, large student cities. And we have also elderly people. So that means our oldest customer, for instance, is 96. She has an mm-hmm. iPad wow. with font size at 200%. And uh, on this iPad, she has uh, she has a browser, she has Skype uh, to uh, chat with her grandchild, and she has a picnic app. Perfect. So that is something which uh, we are pretty proud of, because initially we were thinking, um, how can a service that is mobile only actually work with uh, such a broad age range? And uh, we were not sure if it is also appealing to elderly people, but we are pretty happy to see that this works also uh, basically for everybody uh, in the uh, society. Perfect. So Picnic uh, originally started in the Netherlands, but you recently also expanded to Germany. Uh, how is this expansion going so far, and are you planning to enter uh, into more countries soon? So we started in Netherlands in 2015 in a small city to uh, to test the demand, and what we saw is that there's so much more demand that we can fulfill that we focused very much on uh, how can we quickly build up the proposition first in Netherlands, and then we looked a bit into the neighbor countries and uh, try to understand what is an interesting country to uh, to start next. I myself come originally from Germany. Uh, we saw also Germany. Uh, we knew that the German customers uh, would be interested in such a service, so we started in Germany in 2018. What we see there is that 
who are growing even faster in Germany than in Netherlands. So this is actually a pretty exciting journey that we are now doing in Germany. Mm-hmm. And our geographical expansion will certainly not stop here. So we are also looking at how to expand further beyond both Netherlands and Germany, where we are now, where we are now also operating already at a pretty significant scale. So if you're looking to decide what we are doing in Netherlands, uh, we are now having uh, more than half a million customers here in Netherlands. We have uh, we have uh, significantly more than 100,000 uh, customers in Germany. So this is a pretty significant size uh, that we have uh, reached here. And uh, if you put this a bit in context, uh, this is a service where customers are ordering at least once per week. So mm-hmm. that means uh, there is also very high uh, frequency on how customers are using uh, using our service. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just mentioned it there, Picnic has been growing like crazy, right? And uh, if I saw it correctly on LinkedIn, you guys have already over 1,000 or 1,500 team members now. And I'm wondering, how does the management team of Picnic make sure that everyone is in such a fast-growing environment, that everyone in the team continues to be on the same page and continues to be motivated? Can you share some, some tricks and learnings? That actually is a pretty interesting and exciting challenge. In a startup that is growing so fast, uh, we are now already more than 5,000 uh, 5, people. So wow. we have uh, 2,500 in, oper- uh, in fulfillment centers, 2,500 on the street. We have more than 300 in headquarter-like roles. So if you grow so fast, you actually have to reinvent yourself every half year because the organization looks different. So that means you're continuously reviewing and challenging yourself on how do you want to organize yourself. The magic behind the way how we are managing this process is is that we are putting a lot of focus and effort on the culture. So we are looking for a culture that we call think, dare, do, uh, basically capturing all three principles. So we are very analytical. We dare to do big things, and uh, we are pretty focused on uh, execution excellence. So those kind of aspects we have actually maintained across our journey from a starting as a small company with just a few people in the 15 to now uh, 5,000 people uh, across two countries. Mm-hmm. Another aspect that is pretty important is uh, keeping hierarchy flat. Mm-hmm. So we are not interested in building a lot of uh, different management layers. Uh, it is very important that we define uh, upfront very clearly who has which kind of responsibilities, and then we leave it up to the teams to actually take this ownership and responsibility uh, and responsibility in a way that they, they deliver value for customers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with, with such a big uh, and fast growth, um, it can't be avoided to make mistakes along the way. And I assume you and your founding team members um, also made some mistakes. Uh, what were some of the biggest mistakes uh, you've made or experienced while building Picnic? And what did you learn from it? So there have been uh, probably uh, a lot of mistakes or to put it a little bit more mildly, uh, things that you would do different now with the exposed information. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look back to such a startup journey, uh, the judgment of what was a mistake is if you reflect a bit on the information that you had at this point in time, if you would with this partial uh, information would do uh, different, then you made a mistake. If with this partial information you made the best possible choice, and afterwards you would you see that you could have done a better choice, then uh, it is still not a mistake. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking now back, there is definitely one thing what we uh, what we learned and what we would do uh, what we do would do in the next journey slightly different is that there are different maturity levels for different kind of products. If you look to consumer facing products, if you have a consumer proposition, then you can actually 
have a pretty powerful, pretty early, a pretty immature proposition that you go to the market and then together with your customers, you learn along the journey um, what actually should be your real proposition. While you have for some technical verticals and technical functions, for instance, data analytics, mm -hmm. uh, you need to actually be full-fledged right from day one. If you don't have a good analytic solution, uh, you get, don't measure the right things to you, don't measure it in an accurate way, then you don't have any form of analytics. So therefore, under, having a better understanding and uh, building analytics from day one, really end-to-end, -end completely full-fledged, scalable, and accurate, this is something what we uh, learned on our journey that we had to put a little bit more focus on in our journey. So now we have uh, analytics for all our consumer service, for the backend services, but this is something what we should have probably built at an, uh, at an earlier stage. So this is something what we built in uh, 2016 and 17 to a very large extent where we are collecting basically all the insights that we can learn from both consumers, but also from the fulfillment operation and from the logistical delivery. But that is something what could have helped us also at an earlier stage. Mm -hmm. um, talking about the future a bit, um, Picnic uh, keeps growing fast. Maybe uh, in the future there might be an IPO or not. I don't know. What would you say are the next big milestones for Picnic and where do you see the company in four to five years from now? So there are many, many challenges uh, that we are tackling along our journey. We are organizing this along three key dimensions. On the one hand, uh, we are looking into growing further our business, so that means more customers and deeper customer penetration, etc. Second one is we are looking in interesting options of a business model expansion, and that means, for instance, a very interesting direction when you are a delivery service, we are deliver forward delivery service, so you deliver stuff to customers, you can think of how can you use such a logistical network also for more services. Mm -hmm. So one simple observation that we had was that while we are going always full to a customer, we're going empty back. Mm -hmm. So that means if you look to the utilization of your of your fleet, of your logistical vehicles, you have a utilization that is only 50% because half of the time the vehicles are empty when they are going back. Mm -hmm. However, if you go a bit further in this market, you realize that there is also a market for what is called return logistics. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you look to uh, things like uh, fashion, uh, fashion uh, retail, then everybody orders five pairs of jeans and sends four back because you need only one. But you need to try uh, different sizes, different colors, uh, that you can make a decision which one you want to take. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we are actually organizing now also return logistics for uh, those kind of companies. So that is, that is a very interesting business model expansion. And there are many, many, many more ideas that, uh, that we are exploring and that we can, uh, can uh, go further. And then the third one, which is from a tech side, a very exciting one, is automation. So we have raised uh, last year a uh, new funding round to actually fuel our automation ambition to mm -hmm. build a fully robotized and fully automated warehouse. And that is one of the major uh, development projects that we are now building and that will drive our growth in the, uh, in the coming years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then also we have to talk shortly about the elephant in the room. Uh, how did COVID-19 impact Picnic so far? Was it rather positive or negative? So COVID uh, actually uh, influenced us on a couple of angles. So the first thing happened in late February, early March, where we saw that many of our customers started to work from home, didn't feel comfortable to go any longer to the supermarket. And we saw a huge demand spike. So many customers actually 
reactivated their shopping, uh, started to shop again online, and uh, we had a huge spike of new customers on our site. So this was the, the starting point, and we had to actually cope with this demand, On while on the other side, uh, the logistical systems, the supplier systems, have been uh, pretty much changed. So you, if you can, you can imagine that in a world where everybody had to fulfill the one-and-a-half-meter requirements, that logistical services, supplier services, uh, were also challenged uh, to keep up their capacity. So this was the period in uh, February, March, April. What we saw then is in the second phase that uh, customers got more uh, acquainted with the situation of working from home. Uh, some went again uh, to a physical supermarket. So we started actually to transform this additional demand into lasting demand, where we uh, uh, run a, com a few campaigns to uh, convince those customers that uh, the new way of uh, doing shopping online is something that they can uh, stick with also for the longer term. And what we see now is that there's still a huge, um, huge additional demand compared to the uh, pre-COVID area. And what is very exciting is to see is that many of those customers that started shopping, uh, online shopping uh, with Picnic and uh, in the door spaces, did uh, actually stick with Picnic. So yeah. this is, means that the proposition is something what also on the longer term they really like. Okay, well, yeah. So COVID-19 definitely accelerated like uh, the shift to digital, uh, apparently also in the grocery shopping um, market. And speaking about the future of grocery shopping, do you think that most traditional grocery stores will still be around in 15 years from now? Or do you think that actually a model like Picnic will someday replace traditional grocery stores? So let's reflect a little bit on where we stand in this uh, online food revolution. Um, when we started in 15, uh, there was a market share for online food services in the range of somewhere 2 to 3%. Um, by now, it is in the range of uh, 4 to 5%. Uh, it is still relatively small. In the areas where we are active, we have a very significant market share of the, both online, but also if you look online versus offline, and we see a massive, massive growth. But there is certainly still a place also in 10 years and then 20 years for the physical supermarkets. I'm pretty convinced that especially this kind of ad hoc on-demand shopping, so you're coming from work, you're going home, or you forgot a product, you need to uh, quickly shop for milk or butter, because uh, you were running low on those products. This is something where the physical supermarkets will uh, still uh, play a very important role. Mm -hmm. If you look to the planned purchases that you do on a weekly basis, where you upfront plan for your family, what do you want to eat next week? Uh, what is your uh, dinner or your uh, dinner meal on a Tuesday? What is your lunch meal on Saturday? So those kind of shoppings, I'm uh, convinced that a large part will move to online services. Mm -hmm. And our proposition to have a full range, uh, full range proposition, uh, all the supermarket articles, and you can in an arbitrary way uh, select the kind of products that is uh, very appealing to customers. Other services, for instance, military services, have also a space. So we'll see a bit uh, which uh, which proposition will get a bit share on the longer term. But mm -hmm. this is a kind of a revolution that will nobody nobody can really stop. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And the food market is a massive market, right? Because everyone eats every day several times um, and many companies want a piece of it. Um, so you obviously also have many big competitors. Um, who would you say is like um, the uh, most serious competitor for Picnic? Is it like Amazon or more like Globo or is it traditional grocery stores? Um, who are you most afraid of? So everybody needs to eat. So in this sense, if you look to um, services, companies, providers that uh, fulfill this kind of demand, then you have a very, very broad range. Then every every restaurant is obviously uh, fulfilling this demand. Then every kind of uh, farmer that is uh, selling from their farm products is in essence uh, also fulfilling this kind of service. But if you look a bit more careful, if you zoom in, what is the real proposition that we are offering to customers and who has a comparable proposition, who fulfills a similar kind of demand. And our proposition is lowest price pre-delivery for uh, the everyday uh, uh, everyday customer. Mm -hmm. Then there are not many uh, solutions in the market that uh, provide uh, a convincing proposition for those type of customers. Mm -hmm. If you look, for instance, to Deliveroo and uh, Global, to so the companies that you mentioned, so those are obviously companies that are uh, delivering prepared food from restaurants. There is certainly a market for this, and uh, that is something what is currently massively booming. And you see also how the market is changing with uh, dark kitchens, etc. Mm -hmm. But this is by itself uh, only a share of a market which is in total, if you look to food consumption, has probably a ceiling at, uh, at, at some level. And if you look to uh, the market of unprepared food, so where customers can uh, prepare the food themselves at home, that will st certainly stay the majority of, of uh, food retail. So this is something, and this is the market that we are serving. And in this market, uh, we believe that a free of choice kind of selection of uh, grocery products is a better choice than actually uh, meal kits. And uh, we, are, we are serving this market, our customers, uh, confirms that this is a proposition that uh, they like. They also see a lot of uh, a lot of future in it. What gives us a lot of confidence going forward is that we have not only customers that shop already with us, but that are also on a waiting list. Mm -hmm. So in order to balance capacity and demand, we uh, don't let all customers immediately in the picnic store, but we, are, we only let them in when we have enough capacity to fulfill their demand. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we have now a very uh, significant waiting list of customers that are uh, waiting to actually get served by a picnic. And our focus uh, day by day is that we are building up enough capacity that we can also serve those additional customers. Mm -hmm. Okay, understood. So I assume that some of our listeners might be interested to join Picnic uh, on this growth journey. Uh, in which areas are you currently hiring most and um, where can listeners find uh, the job openings? So Picnic is uh, hiring across the board on all different walls. Uh, so we are looking for engineers, we are looking for analysts, we are looking for operators on all seniority levels uh, with very, very different kind of backgrounds. If you go to our page, join.picnic.app, you will find all the vacancies, all the openings. If you have an interesting profile, if you're coming from Startup Scale-Up, if you're interested in a Startup Scale-Up uh, space, if you want to do something what nobody else has done before, then you are definitely uh, the profile that we are looking for. At our page, join.picnic.app, you will find all the vacancies. Otherwise, uh, just send us an uh, application at uh, jobs at teampicnic.com, mm -hmm. and we will follow up and hope to talk to you very soon. 
Okay, sounds great. Thank you very much, Daniel, for the time and for your interview. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much. Uh, great talking to you. And thanks to everybody out there who is listening to this. Um, if you're interested in what we're doing, uh, have a look to Picnic by Beth and hope to see you all either in the Picnic shop or in the office. Perfect. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon, Daniel. Thank you.